0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, we have... Not a not a great win by any means, but we have a Falcons win to discuss today.
0: So how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I mean, at a certain point, even though the wins are ugly, there's still wins. It's just that like I want to be right with my win, sorry, playoff and a a playoff win. Statement and that playoff win seems very difficult if only half the team is playing. So, <laughs> kudos to the defense. Congratulations to uh, those who play on the other side of the ball. But um, the offense needs to take a long, hard look at what the heck they were doing all game long and realize that that's not going to win you any games unless you play against a bad Jets team every single week. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I'm just not satisfied. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's a totally fair place to be. I, I I was actually, and this is kind of on me, when I turned on the game, I was like, oh, it's raining. You know, like I, I used to do a lot of the like scouting the weather and stuff, because again, it was my job. I wrote the how to watch post each week. And in that I would include, all right, here's the weather, here's the broadcast crew, just like everything you need for the game. Now that I don't have to do that, I'm not doing it. So I, I turned <laughs> on the game and I was just like oh, all right, it's going to be one of these games. And I thought back to, um, I believe it was 2017, my first year with the Falcons, and they went up and played uh, in MetLife against the Jets, and Alex Smith and Matt Ryan had like four fumbles in that game, and it was a very similar type of feel where it was just sloppy. It was not, you know, today's game, I think, and we'll get into this, was a great defensive effort from Atlanta yet again. But that game previously was just kind of like, what the heck's going on all the way around? And that's how I feel about like 75% of this game. So I don't yeah. know, you know, how much we need to draw these grand conclusions from what was ultimately a very forgettable game. But, yep. you know, how, how was your afternoon? How did you enjoy the action? Like, what was going through your mind when you realized, man, this is not going to be, you know, must watch TV, um, for the Atlanta
0: Falcons today well, I, I was uh, uh, I work uh, like a, a thousand different jobs you know that's the most uh, uh, Africans do and, and I am a Nigerian who is uh, loving the healthcare space. so I have like five different things I do. so I had to catch up on that. so I was watching the game and I was working. And I was doing so hey, at a restaurant. I know that restaurant. Moves so
1: well. You got your phone in one hand and your eye on the uh, on the job in yeah. the other. And you're just kind of – maybe have one AirPod in and you're like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I, I got Scott I actually had one just AirPod NFL Red Zone going in my ear. I know your mood, Ovi. I exactly got that. exactly
0: like that. So I had the TV <laughs> on and, you know, they had the sound on and I have an EarPod on and I have my laptop and my iPad and my phone. And I was going – and I was watching, you know, when everyone started cheering and yelling. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? Okay, good. good, good. And so I watched the game. Saw the uh, the major points. Saw us not being able to move the ball. Saw us get that uh, that safety. I thought it was going downhill. I'm surprised yeah, we won because yeah. with that safety, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Because Quentin Williams was destroying our office line. We'll get into that later, but it it just was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Our defense was so good because their defense was good. Our defense was so good that mm-hmm. we won a game in those type of conditions.
1: Well, I'm really excited to you know help you kind of fill in the blanks, connect the dots because. You know, if you were looking up based on cheering in this game, you probably mm-hmm. got your work done so quickly <laughs> and just, I did, you man. know, like distraction free because there were very little. There was way more booing, I think, from the the Jets fan base today than there were cheers, um, which, you know, That's works fair. out in the Falcons favor. But I will help you kind of fill in those blanks from you. I I need you to start thinking about some of your Ravens games back in those days, because I know you played. Some low scoring, Jesus. not not oh always gosh. sloppy, but just some slugfest. So, get in that headspace. We're going to come back and break down all of the action from today's game. But first, the holiday season is often rolling. The NFL is in full stride, and the NBA and NHL are hitting midseason form. Bet online is the number one destination for all of your sports wagering info this season. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And it's not the not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played. That's from MMA all the way to international soccer. So head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Ovi. So we're going to start as has kind of become the norm lately with Atlanta's defense. It was a dominant defensive performance. Have we finally, finally reached the point where we can say maybe it's not tier one elite, but does Atlanta have a great defense?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesse Bates is. And he's
1: pulling it to that, that top he, tier by himself.
0: <laughs> like, right? And so he's like dragging the whole defense with them. And his mentality has become the defense's mentality. And they were already good. Just imagine Grady Jarrett was healthy. Yeah. Right? We're doing all this without Grady Jarrett. He, for the longest time, has been the heart and the soul of the Falcons defense. And if he's not here and we're still playing this good, just imagine next year where we bring majority of those guys back. They all have a year more of experience. We're, You know, I, I feel like our GM is putting the right pieces in place on the defensive side uh, and, and allowing us to be elite. So we're, we're elite. It's, it's always caution myself and giving us too much credit because as soon as we do that, we mess it up. But with defense, <laughs> we haven't been messing up. We've been consistently getting better throughout the season. Now, granted, this wasn't a world-beating uh, Jets offense, but still – we were able to, I mean, we've lost against non-world beating offenses before, and we did our job on defense. It was good to see, and I'm happy that we're, we're finding somewhere to uh, have some positive points to talk about.
1: Yes, I mean, it's it's not just you know good defensive play. The Falcons have not allowed a, a touchdown in nine quarters. They're the only team this season to not give up a touchdown in back-to-back games, right? So when we talk about the great, yeah, we've come a long way over from the, the the Ravens and the Steelers of the early two thousands, right? Because that was commonplace for for y'all back oh, yeah. then. But I, I mean, for as as good as the Browns have played, as good as the Forty Nine ers' defense is, the Cowboys' defense, like Falcons are the only team that have held two opponents in a row out of the end zone, and one is the Jets, so that's easy. But still, the Saints, yeah. they were. Near the end zone a lot, and and the Falcons are are really good down there, man.
0: I heard that. um I think one of the announcers said that we haven't let a running back score a rushing touchdown all season. Did you hear that, or is that just me hearing things? Because I was like, that's impossible. Your okay, AirPod may, may have been picking up uh, another
1: another frequency.
0: Um, on the, but I am trying to. Maybe it was receivers who scored and quarterbacks scored. Maybe not a running back and a rushing touchdown. I'm a I'm gonna Google it. Uh, yeah. uh it's worth a Google. That, that's but uh definitely if, worth a Google. If that's the case, that's absolutely amazing if we haven't let a running back score a rushing touchdown all season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. trying to
1: go in my head kind of through the the list of of all the teams they played, and, and there's not anybody kind of jumping jumping out to me. So it, yeah, I mean that that's a great stat, but I, I think you know, even more indicative than, than that, right. And that is very telling of just how good the Falcons have played, not just in the red zone, but kind of in these condensed short yardage situations, the Falcons held the jets to just two of 15 on third down today. And on the season, they have the second best third down defense kind of by a decent margin. And they're second only to the Cleveland Browns who, if you look at like DVOA and, and all of those advanced metrics, the Browns are easily like one of the top three defenses in the league this season. So, again, if you're second in the NFL behind only that unit in third down defense, like it's the way they've been getting it done all season long. They're, they're not kind of, even though today they got three turnovers, they haven't been doing it the easy way with sacks, with turnovers. They've just been playing good, fundamental, play the run. Come up and make your tackles in the open field. I thought their open field tackling today was excellent, Good. and it, it oh, yeah. that hasn't always been the case. So again, like no, we're we're seeing the unit that you know most often gets attributed the cliche right defenses win championships. For the first time, we're seeing that unit for Atlanta kind of yeah. peak late in the season. The only other time I really remember feeling this way. Both times the Falcons made the playoffs. That was in 2016 and 2017, where it was like, man, the defense is really gelling over these final five games into the postseason. And then in 2017, the defense was the reason the Falcons kind of made it into the playoffs in that weird three teams from the NFC South made the playoffs that year. Kind of definitely not going to be the case uh, this year. Maybe not anytime soon. No. But yeah, I mean, do you like seeing a Falcons team that is kind of defense? First. As an offensive guy, I know you're probably a little more uh partial to that, but this is a new thing. This is a change of scenery for Falcons fans, and I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, because I've been a part of uh, you know, multiple Pro Bowl offices, like, you know, 2010, we had a Pro Bowl player on every single position. I'm like, well, if that's the case, we must be going to the Super Bowl. How do we not go to the Super Bowl when you have Julio and Roddy and Tony and Claybo and Harvey Dahl. And we had uh, uh, myself, Michael Turner and Matt Ryan, like tight ends, receivers, right? We're we're all offense is stacked. And we lose to Aaron Rodgers because our defense couldn't hold up. And because, you know, we had some turnovers on offense, but defense wins championships. As great as offense is, as much as I love it, as great as offenses I've been on, Baltimore and Atlanta, if your defense is not good, you're, you're, you're great for no reason because you're not going anywhere. You're not winning anything. You might win some individual awards. We won that. You know, the whole Falcons staff went to the pro bowl in Hawaii. <laughs> and that's the reason I got the first touchdown in the 2011 pro bowl. Cause Mike, uh, wherever his name is, uh, um, Yo, Mike, Mike, McCle- malarkey. Mike
1: Malarkey, Mike Malarkey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Malarkey. Of course. Bunch of malarkey. Yeah. So Mike Malarkey called, I love watching the you struggle. This is so much fun. Yeah. He called the play that got me the first touchdown because we weren't good enough to actually go to a super bowl or go to a, any type of, uh, Meaningful playoff games. We just went to the Pro Bowl, which is nice. But we did you get a bonus rings.
1: for your Pro Bowl touchdown?
0: We did when we when you like there if you, you lose you get like forty thousand. If you win you get like 60 sixty seventy thousand. You get we anything for a touchdown? MSC. uh I have it in my uh, it's it, I'm in my basement in my theater right now. So I have the ball like enshrined and like you know special glass that's sitting in there. My son's like, Daddy, who's that? I'm like, That's me, son. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. You never played football. I'm like yeah, I did. He's like no, you're old and fat. I'm like, well, yeah, now. But you know, back in the day, I was the man. But anyways, defense wins championships, and, and it's good to have a great defense.
1: It, I, I mean, it definitely is. Again, like you don't want to make too much of it because it's Tim Boyle and they benched him midway through for Trevor Simeon, and it's like, yeah, it, I like. I've been watching the Jets a little bit just out of curiosity Mitchell because I, I like some of their skill position players, but it's like, man. For as good as Brees Hall is, he he had 1.2 yards per carry in this game, OV. He carried the it's ball 13 times. Could you imagine how frustrating that would be? Just you're running into a defense that knows you're pretty much getting the ball every single time. And it's, I mean, it's just been such tough sledding for this entire Jets offense. I'm glad that we are not, you know, a New York Jets podcast because uh, that would be...
0: What do they even say? Like, I, we need to call the Believe in I Jets to be like, are you guys okay? Yeah, is it well like Aaron
1: Rodgers' return watch <laughs> just from here on out? Like, every other teams are on, like, draft watch. Why would he even come
0: back this year? I mean, why would Aaron Rodgers even yeah.
1: come back this year? That's going to be the thing is he spent this whole time being like, all right, I'm coming back. I'm going to defy modern medicine. You know, you, Ov with all your, you know, medical degrees and jobs and and situ like you know as well as anybody that that would have been a very tough tough thing for him to do so i kind of think he always knew they're not going to do anything without me i could just say that i'm going to come back and be the savior and then mid-december they're out of it uh sorry guys i'll see you next year um i
0: mean it's It sounded like they might or sounded it looked like they might uh zach whatever his name is uh, zach wilson the wilson yeah i he lost some games and then he won a couple. like everybody oh he might yeah. be back Zach might be they the guy. Frisky. He could be the heir apparent. Hell nah, he was terrible. He was he, getting benched the way he got benched. Like <laughs> it's like deja vu. It feels like you know what's happened to our, <laughs> our guy. Watching that quarterback uh, Netflix series was crazy because uh, Marcus, like, uh, yeah, Mariota, yeah, Marcus Mariota. It happened to him again, like not again, getting benched again. That's how Zach. He was like, no, no, not not again. The same thing. Like PTSD has got to be part of Marcus Mariota. And uh, Zach's uh, uh, just you know, part of their daily life because I, I couldn't if I got cut like that or bench I've never been benched. I don't know how it feels. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've gone from third string to second string to starting fullback, and then I was just starting fullback for eight years. Uh, two years I didn't start, and eight years I did. And only time I got benched was I got cut by. Thomas Dimitrov, Mike Smith. We had a great conversation about that. Lovely guys, lovely guys. I mean, they just they just cut the number one fullback in the NFL. You know, for what Brady Ewing, who ended up what not even playing or got injured in preseason, and they got Mike Cox. I'm okay. I'm not bitter at all. This is this is fine. I'm not using this podcast as therapy. We have come
1: just like full boomerang from like you talking about you scoring the first touchdown in the Pro Bowl to now like just tossing shade at Mike Cox and Brady Ewing. I
0: had three years left in me, Will. I had three strong years left in me. I talked to Lorenzo Neal. He's one of the goats. And he's like, hey, man, I played till I was like 100 years old. You can play more than 10 years. I'm like, I got 10 years. I want one more contract. I got one more contract, three years. Perfect. That's all I wanted. But no, they wanted to, go younger and cheaper and you know, they got what they paid for. But anyways, <laughs> moving on.
1: Lorenzo Neal, part year. of the uh the Believe Podcast Podcast Network. So go uh go check that out on the uh, Chargers podcast. But I
0: gotta go check him out. That's my
1: guy. <laughs> did you did I I mean I can give you more time, Obi. Like do you, do you want to work anything else out? Um, no, this was great. Because no, honestly I mean, this is better than the game that we have to talk about. So I, I, I like just, this. It,
0: you know, it's it's all right. I, I just really, really wish that there was like a reset button, like you know, with the old Nintendo, you have the reset button. Oh, and yeah. You could Take it out, blow on the cartridge,
1: again. all yeah. of that.
0: Because, cause, yeah, because I feel like these GMs, these coaches feel like they know everything and they make all the best decisions. And some played, some didn't, most didn't. And they're like, you know what? We're going to, I get it. It's a cap situation. You can't play everybody. But if a guy's saying, this guy, I don't care about money, I'm fine with a prove it contract. Why would you not let him prove it? I'm just saying, I would have gone out there, and I was ready to. I had the eye of the tiger. I was doing rocky workouts <laughs> after my knee injury at the Detroit Lions, and I was like, man, I saw him get drafted. I'm like, this Brady Ewing guy, I guess they got my Arab uh, hair. Going, he's going to do special teams or something because they're not cutting me. I'm Ovi Mahaley. Like I, you know, I went to the Pro Bowl. I'm the best fullback in the NFL. They want not cutting me, even with my knee injury my ninety five percent ninety two percent you know give me a low, low way there yeah yeah sounds ninety two percent yeah my ninety two percent is still better than the hundred percent of the majority of the fullbacks in the NFL that's just the honest truth and for them not to let me get a chance to just prove it during mini cap trading camp, I feel like if they can go back in time they would have done that because their run game went like that. You know, even Michael Turner was like, you know, secretly called me like, man, this fullback is terrible. God, that's, uh, my boy, like three months yeah. later, I'm like, "Yo, know, how's uh, uh, Brady Ewing go going? he's he's not going. He's hurt. And that's like, that's true. I God. mean, Mike, like,
1: Mike, like kind of went off a cliff a little bit once once you were gone. He, he was gone yeah.
0: the year after I left the yeah. year after I left him.
1: He it was kind of shocking, which I mean, a lot of people, I it think, crazy. Uh, I think a lot of people attributed that to just the amount of workload that he had kind of during that whole stretch there from 2008 it, to did, 2010. But it was but,
0: a, a sneaky coincidence that yeah. happened at the same time that his uh, two-time All-Pro fullback was uh, traded in for some like, you know, shell of a, of, of, a, of a fullback. But the thing, the thing I'm trying to circle this back around to is there that.
1: There you go, land the plane, baby.
0: Yeah, land the plane Is if that is if. GMs have the ability to go back in time, they would probably fix a lot of these mistakes because a lot of the times they're wrong. Good thing about um, Fontenot, he hasn't been wrong on the defense. Almost every guy he's brought in, I know for, uh, Nate Landman. Yeah. Uh, Landman? Layman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. Yeah. I, every game that goes by, I, I'm more impressed by him. And he's at the beginning of the season, I was like, who are these linebackers? Like, Defensive backs, they're great, and D line, they're amazing. Who, who are these linebackers? They've made a name for themselves. They have. And even his backup played okay today. So you know, our our GM is good. The rest of GM is probably the a little time machine, go back and you know, pick the right players like Over Mahaley.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna just pass this ball right back over to you, Ovi, and you bring up the time machine. In your opinion, if Terry Fontenot had the ability to go back in time to the 2021 number four pick in the draft, mm. is Ooh. Kyle Pitts the
0: selection there? Dude, I was just thinking. I mean, I was watching uh, some of the highlights, uh, and I was just like, Kyle Pitts, where has he been? What What is he doing? What's going on? It's
1: he led, the, he led the team today with with four catches for 51 yards, but you know, he was targeted eight times. It felt very uh not forced, but that he was a part of the game plan kind of intentionally.
0: And but no, I I the yeah. the great players, they make themselves part of the game plan yeah. because they take that 51 yards and they make an explosive play occur. Like they are going to make the cameras and the eyes follow them because they're doing things that regular NFL players don't do. Yeah. And Kyle Pitts, I, I just I expected so we expected so much because he's such a high draft pick between him and, you know, Drake and Bijan and and they, and they couldn't get together. Desert Ritter not a high draft pick. We get it. But like you expect your stars to to be stars and, and for this offense to be so ineffective, you're looking for, all right, so where where are the guys that we drafted? Who are our playmakers? And if those are the playmakers, like why aren't they making play? Not your average play, like like plays, like yeah, you know, explosive plays, like touchdown plays, the plays that are going to be more than the average guy that you just get in the fourth, fifth round. I wasn't seeing that, and, and something has to change because end of the day, even though Calpits was our leading receiver, it, it it wasn't nearly good enough for us to win if our defense wasn't balling out.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's this was not an offensive game to write home for for anybody yeah. but i think it was at least encouraging to see the falcons make kyle pitts a bigger part of the game plan now whether that was specific because i liked the matchup coming into this kyle pitts against their linebackers like i i think cj mosley uh and quincy Will- williams are are more geared to defend the run than they are the pass and kyle pitts should feast on a, a team like that but Like, I I kind of think this is where I've landed on the Kyle Pitts conundrum. And whether this is because he is a little bit hampered by the injury, right, which we've talked about, we talked about that last podcast, we don't need to like rehash that here when you're injured. You know, maybe you're not the full player until a little while down the road. And maybe he's not there yet. But Maybe also his athleticism just hasn't translated fully the way that they initially expected, right? When you saw what he was doing down in Florida and they say, okay, he can continue to do that in the NFL. Yep. Maybe, maybe there was a miscalculation there because I think that his best, like the unicorn Kyle Pitts is the ability to totally mismatch on linebackers and safeties. And you coming out of the draft also expected him to be able to kind of do that against cornerbacks as well and split out as wide receiver and kind of be this just yep. total package as a receiver. I think he today we, we saw a great example against uh, DJ Reed and Jonathan Vilma kind of talked about this play. And he said it was, uh, you know, not the best decision by Desmond Ritter because DJ Reed was over top of Kyle Pitts. Like, I think that that was a situation where I'm totally fine with Desmond Ritter putting up a jump ball for Kyle Pitts, which he did. I'm also totally fine that Kyle Pitts didn't have separation on DJ Reed. Like a lot of people tweeted uh, at me after that play. Cause I, I commented on it and they were like, Kyle Pitts looks slow. Like he's slow. Like all everybody just calling him slow. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's slow. <laughs> Go back and watch the Detroit game when he just absolutely dusts a nickel corner or a safety and just has a post that Desmond Ritter should have hit and, and misses him. But he's wide open. Like, he is going up against NFL corners who are running four fours, four fives for a tight end. His size to to be going up against them consistently and like keeping it even that in and of itself is rare and special. Like that shouldn't be lost in the shuffle. Like he is still a rare athlete. It's just that teams are guarding him with corners, and so I think that he's not winning those matchups in the way the Falcons expected when he was coming out of Florida. And I kind of think that where he's most comfortable is split out and not with his hand in the dirt and not in line and not in these George Kittle types of ways in these just different, we're going to bring you in and then we're going to split you out, but you're good at both. And where he's least comfortable is where he's actually best utilized. And so that's kind of where I think the disconnect is. I don't know if that was all rambling garbage, Ovi. Did that make sense to you? I, I just, it was sense. good to see Kyle Pitts
0: get involved. No, again, I just have high standards for picks there in the top 10. I agree. Um, yeah, so, you should. Um, Kyle Pitts leading. Uh, I, I know he was the leading uh, receiver. I, I just didn't see him take over the game the way that it's unfair to compare him against Tony Gonzalez, who I played with, or even Algie Crumpler, who I played with. Uh well, it's not Algie unfair. Crumpler, man. Oh, I love Algie Crumpler. Yeah. I mean, it's, and actually, it's not unfair because Algie Crumpler wasn't a Hall of Famer. He's a pro, multiple Pro Bowler, and that's what we expect Kyle Pitts to be like. Yep. multiple perennial pro bowler uh, at the tight end spot because he should have all the tools to do so, but it's, it's not coming together. I know part of it was you know, the quarterback not being able to deliver the ball when he is open, like you mentioned, but any means necessary. That's mm-hmm. what we say in the running back meeting room. We'd say any means necessary. And our offensive line was great. Loved all those guys. Every now and then they had bad games. Every now and then they had bad, you know, weeks. They go on a stretch. I one of them dealing with the injury. And we just didn't allow excuses to be a reason why me and Mike, you know, and Jason Snelling and Jarius Norwood weren't getting it done. Because they had um, just understanding that, hey, when you come in, we're not stopping. Like, I, I was the, the main constant. I'm the fullback for Mike, for Jason, for Jarius. And we just all had this mentality that, that any means necessary. We spoke and we we drop a little tips and this guy is going to hit you low or they're trying Mm. to jump the the, the routes or whatever we just find a way to get it done and with that receiving core knowing that you know our our run game is one of our strengths they they should want to be able to hey even it out make people uh, keep people guessing and Kyle should be leading that charge you know Kyle should be I know he's not a receiver but he is a receiver but he should be leading that charge when it comes to We're not going to be the short end of the stick. We're not going to be the weakling of the Falcons. We're not going to be the reason why we lose. Yet, more times than not, (laughs) they are. So, so, uh, it's something that I I expect. Hopefully, they can, you know, live up to my expectations and and start getting better.
1: Yeah, I I mean, again, like the the fact that Kyle Pitts was the leading receiver is is also a testament, yeah, to just how bad kind of the rest of the not not bad because again, it was. A really rainy, wet afternoon. But yeah, I mean, there's no need to sugarcoat it. Desmond Ritter was 12 of 27, 121 yards, one touchdown. Now he didn't turn up over, although they did fumble the very first play of the game. So like there were three fumbles for Atlanta. It just so happens they were able to get on all all of them, which was great. That hasn't really been happening uh, a lot for Atlanta this season. So I, I think that this is ultimately just a game that you aren't going to take a ton away from aside from the defense playing well. And you yeah. just kind of chalk it up as a win. Like if you're in the locker room, you just say, we don't have to think about this one anymore, anymore the rest of the season defense. Great job. We got the win. It's out of, out of conference on the road. Let's get the yeah. F back to Atlanta. We got a division game at home to prepare for flush it. Like, is this even a, a A game film that you would rewatch, even though you won this game, like what?
0: It'd be hard to rewatch this because. I mean, certain parts of it, but yeah, I'm sure. Of course, you would. Like, I mean, that's you wouldn't spend much time on this because I think that the conditions uh, made some unique things uh, occur to where that's not going to be the standard play. But it was sloppy. It was one that we got a W in. This isn't something you dwell on. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at it, see where we can fix some mistakes, and move forward. Because, like you mentioned, it's about what we can do, not really what they did or, you know, how they made us, uh, you know, worse or better. Or, it's just really the Falcons working on the Falcons and it's the fundamentals that wins games and defense is going back to their fundamentals, tackling better, nothing to do with your opponent, you know, being in the right spot, nothing to do with your opponent, getting rid of pre-snap penalties, holding on to the ball, you know, limiting turnovers, not really anything to do with your opponent. It's, it's more about us, them and, you know, we can get back to uh, being brilliant in the basics. I, I think we can be – I don't to say really good. I, I, I think I think we can make Ovi look good by winning – go to the playoffs <laughs> and winning a game in the playoffs. That's what it's all about.
1: It's, it, this it's, it's season all about making Ovi is, look good. Yeah, making Ovi look good. I love it. We're going to get T-shirts printed up with yeah. uh, with that. It's gonna And then on the back, it's going to be, you know, you – in in one of those beach cutouts with like a six pack ab body underneath, and it's going to be yep. make Ovi look good. Yeah, um, well, I like been, it. I like great. it. You're thinking
0: marketing, marketing. There you go. Somebody uh, write this up. Uh, somebody get this uh, taken <laughs> care of. My assistant to do it. Be- somebody.
1: Before we kind of uh, close the book on this game and, and kind of spin it forward, I do just want to shout out um, a couple more defensive players who you know had good outings. Bud Dupree got two sacks. And then we also got a strip sack from Richie Grant. That was pretty huge uh, when it came in the game. The Falcons challenged it to make sure that it was indeed a uh, a fumble, and it was. So that was uh, huge in this one. And then Arnold Evacati, again, he's got four sacks yeah. in five games, dude. Like, he's dude. he's starting to play well. He's got, like, a little bit of a clutch. His stat lines are so weird because it's, like, one tackle, one sack. Like, that's all they are. And it's, like, he, not another impact, but... That's great. He's got, again, like he's the team's leading sack leader or team sack leader. Yeah.
0: That's great. And while you're shouting out people, I, I want to shout out uh, Sports Illustrated that has uh, featured us a couple of times in uh, some some articles, which is nice because I, I didn't know anybody watched this so, or listened to us. So that's great. You know, I, I I just do this for, you know, the, you know, enjoyment of just talking to you all day. I feel like, you know, just, you know, intimate conversation <laughs> between two guys. And surprisingly, people watch and listen to, uh our rants and raves. So thank you to the listeners and thank you to those who uh, watch us on YouTube and thank you to SI for, uh, uh, you know, putting us on a little pedestal. So hopefully we'll give you something else to talk about.
1: Yeah. I mean, and look, as the Falcons keep on winning and hopefully continue this playoff push and and they're in good shape, even though it didn't feel like they were going to be three weeks ago, you know, after that Cardinals no. game when we were sitting here me and being like, man, mm-hmm. what happened to this season? It was going so well. They're back on track. They're six and six. Um, they currently sit in first place in the NFC South and game and a half. Yeah, a yeah, game man. and a half. Yeah. You got a big one coming up this upcoming weekend against Tampa Bay where you got to, yeah. you know, defend that cuz that game's going to matter, you know, and could flip it. And so hopefully they can keep this going, but one thing that's going to make that potentially a little bit harder, three injuries that we need to talk about. So AJ Terrell leaves this game. Yeah the the first third down for the New York Jets so very early in this game we don't get to see that AJ Terrell Garrett Wilson showdown uh left with a concussion ruled out for the game so you know he for all, I believe he'll just be in the concussion protocol and we'll see where he's going to go from there uh two more Caleb McGarry knee injury he left Storm Norton came in played right tackle for most of the game i think Caleb went out in the second quarter uh, kind of right at the beginning there so he is uh, a player that Arthur Smith said afterwards they were going to wait until they get more imaging done tomorrow and kind of give us an update then on Monday. So the other one is Nate Landman Uh, looked like he also sustained a a leg injury, a left leg injury there. And that's another one where Arthur Smith said imaging no more on Monday. So stay tuned for the press conference uh, coming Monday, but he did seem optimistic afterwards, or at least according to the reporters who were there. So of those three, you know, you were just talking, you know, singing Nate Lamon's praise. Kayla McGarry, yeah. your starting right tackle, AJ Terrell, your star corner, is is AJ Terrell clearly the one you're most worried about, or is, is right somebody else? I
0: and mean, we, the um, um, Jonathan Vilma, uh, mm-hmm. to be one of my nemesis' uh at <laughs> the Saints. He talked about how AJ Terrell's backup did pretty well, and you know, they tried to go after him for a little yep. bit, but he held his own for the majority of the part. So I, I'm really more worried about. Um, our offensive tackle. Because again, Nate Lamont's backup did okay, but our defense is is stacked, and they work well together. And then they're able to, I think, find ways to uh, compensate for some changes. But uh, offensively, we need every piece uh, or, or every weapon we we have we can get, or every strong point we can get. And so, our running game it, it looked. Okay, I, I I wish we were a little more explosive. I want I wanted to like there were times when Cordero Patterson couldn't get around the edge. There were times when our running backs get around the edge because they got uh, upfield yeah. and you know I think a couple of those times it was on the right tackle side. So I want our dogs to go out there and take care of business because our offensive line. That's what I'm going to talk about. That's that that's that safety. Quentin Williams ran through him and the safety they blitzed like. They everything's worse in slow motion, or great if you actually do well. But in slow motion, you saw like multiple offensive linemen get pushed back. One got put on his on his ass, and and like the whole Jets defense, that safety just destroyed the offensive line. And that's not a slow motion picture we want to be seeing ever. And so our old linemen need to have a serious conversation about. You know, get back on the right track because I've seen them be great. I know they can be great. It just didn't happen a lot of the times against this Jets defense, which is a very good defense.
1: It is a very good defense. And, you know, we should have probably said that even higher up in this podcast. Like the Falcons' offense didn't just look bad because they played in bad weather and they made themselves, in fact, be bad, but also because the Jets' defense is really good. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, the defensive front, especially it was it was telling just how physical, how strong, how big well, they were. I mean, that's a glimpse of what Atlanta would be up against in the playoffs when you're playing a team like Dallas or like Philly or, you know, like the, the really good teams. They're not just quick and fast. Like, they also have that added physicality and they can hit you in the mouth and then run right by you. And it's, yeah. it's pretty impressive to see guys who can do that. So I totally agree with you. It is a shame that kind of this... This performance for Atlanta's offensive line came right after a wonderful performance uh, against New Orleans when we were singing their praises for helping yep. kind of close out that game and, and really finish strong. So we'll see where they go from here. Um, but as I mentioned, the upcoming game, Tampa Bay, you beat them on the road. That was one of the weirdest games, I think, of the season. And in hindsight, it feels entirely unfalcony falcony in 2023 because the Falcons have for the most part lost a lot of these games where you know the ball just hasn't bounced in their way or you know they shot themselves in the foot one too many times and and it cost them the win this was the rare exception where they kind of did everything to lose the game and they still won anyway yep but now you get them at home the crowd was great against new orleans i expect them to be pretty good in this one as well you know now that the falcons are Division leaders and the playoffs are kind of in sight. And if you win this game, I mean, you put yourself in very, very good situation to uh, to make the playoffs. Looking ahead, is this one that you're worried that maybe they drop one and this all this feel good positive momentum kind of goes away? Do you think this is a team that we'll see locked in, laser focused, ready to take it to their division rival? Early mm. thoughts on this one, Novi.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm worried every game now. I, we've lost many easy games. <laughs> That's good. That's wear. the correct answer. It, it's just not a oh, we're going to beat them because we're better. Eh, we'll see. Uh, no, I'm actually going to be at the game. It's going to be a Falcons alumni weekend, so all, all yeah. the old Falcon guys will be there, and uh, we'll be at the game, and hopefully that will help uh, you know, us uh, cheer on and motivate our uh, you know our former colleagues and you know our, our teammates compadres. But no, I think after. Especially this shaky offensive uh, uh outing, we're gonna get back in the film room, we're gonna get back in the classroom and just talk about how to really not mess this up because we're in a good space. We cannot take anyone lightly and should never do that. So I feel good about us, you know, giving our put our best foot forward for this uh Bucks game.
1: And let's not forget, I mean, I, I think one of the best Falcons offensive games, even though they didn't put up that many points, was against Tampa Bay. They moved the ball really, really well kind of between the 20s, they they got the ball down to the one-yard line and fumbled. Desmond Ritter was running the ball past the pylon and fumbled. Like They got every little inch except for the one that mattered to get the ball across the, the goal line in that one. So if there is any reason to believe that maybe a bounce-back game is coming for Atlanta's offense, it is the fact that you're returning back inside to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You're going up against a defense where you've already kind of proven that you can... Um, compete with them a little bit and and take it to them so you know each week you're right is a totally different story with the falcons we will see what week 14 has in store for them but after 13 weeks of the 2023 season your atlanta falcons are leading the nfc south with a six and six record i didn't have to necessarily include that record in there but i did anyway because it it's worth being said that they're, they're they just returned to 500 however we will take that. So Ovi, before I wrap us up, you got anything else? No, I'm good to go. All right. Nice. Short and sweet. I will, uh, I'll see you in the building next Sunday as I will be there as well. So we'll catch up on the field beforehand. But as always, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Please follow OV on Twitter at OviMahaley34. You can follow me at Will McFadden. Check out our YouTube channel, Believe in Falcons. And please just spread the word about the podcast. If you like it, There's a good chance somebody else you know will also. So let them know that as this playoff stretch run hopefully continues, we will be here every step of the way. So that's all we got. Catch us again on Thursday when the next podcast will be dropping on this feed. Until then, everybody, take care.